Well, welcome to the Viking Voice, everyone. Hello, everybody. Did you have a good Mother's Day weekend? We had a fantastic Mother's Day weekend. Uh, we did a parade for my mother on Friday for her retirement, as I discussed last week. Uh, it went smashing. I think there were maybe 15 cars. She was totally surprised, had no idea it was coming. Uh, they somehow coaxed her outside, and then we started blaring on the horns, and people started tossing her presents out the window. It was great. Ah, I'm we... so happy. She she seemed to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So ha- half the uh, half of the drivers got out and kind of mingled around the end of the driveway, which was really weird because nobody knew how to act or how close to be to each other, and we all wanted to give each other hugs, but we couldn't. So it was right. a very strange environment, but. Overall, it was a smashing success. We did a vid hug video, and I think I got 24 people to make a little, you know, message for a video message. Awesome. A big collage. So she loved that. And I got her an oil diffuser, sent her some flowers. Man, she just, she had a great, a great time. Then we had a nice Mother's Day meal with Jess yesterday. We went to uh, Cork and Wine and picked up some food, had some cheese and things delivered to her um and the boys behaved for the most part so yeah how about you did (laughs) did your men did the men of your life take care of you i had uh i had a great day um my my oldest evan uh made me breakfast so he plated up a nice meal there was an apple (laughs) uh, a a banana a pile of cheerios (laughs) and a peanut butter cup. See, he knows me so well. He does know you. That peanut butter cup um, is probably good enough. <laughs> <laughs> he ate the Cheerios, so. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's not that count. And then we ended up ordering Carabas for dinner. So they did like a family pack. Oh, yeah. So it was really good food. And uh, we had a really fun time. Good. Glad to hear it. And the other thing that's happening right now over the weekend, we had that big freeze warning go through and oh, yeah. I I have some plants that are dying. Yeah. <laughs> so did they turn brown? Did they turn all brown? Well, the only ones that seem to be affected that I could see are my hostas. Mm. So my hosta leaves had come up. They're like frozen solid in the morning when I go out there, I'm like, ooh. So then at the first night I was like, well, They'll be okay, you know, for one night. And the next day, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then the next night, I was like, well, they're already they're already kind of damaged. So, I mean, why worry about covering them now? So, I think all the leaves are just going to die and it's going to grow new. It'll grow new. It's going to be yeah. 84, 84 degrees next week, it said in the extended forecast. Ah, I know. I cannot wait. 80, 84. There's going to be some thunderstorms at the end of the warm-up, but it's going to be a nice week next week. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm real nervous about... So we're under a freeze warning again tonight, and I'm, again, Mm -hmm. nervous about these apple farmers. Yeah. They took it on the jaw on Saturday morning. Yeah, they did. And I saw somebody talking about how the buds, many of them were frozen through after the first night. So you'd think that any that were salvageable... Mm-hmm. probably didn't survive multiple nights right that's concerning yeah and then if we get hit again tonight i don't know how cold it's going to get tonight but i'm I'm nervous i mean i know there was far-reaching repercussions from that 2009 or 2010 freeze and i just got the feeling that we might be heading that way again yeah so these apples got me thinking yeah 
we we talk at lunch about Honeycrisp being our favorite apples. Did you read the article I sent you? I did not read it. So over the weekend, it just so happened that, you know, reading these terrible stories about the freeze and all these apple farmers losing their crops uh, or potentially losing a lot of their crop. So I was, I happened to have a new bunch of apples come in from Costco and they were Mm -hmm. perfect. I mean, when I say perfect, I mean, the crispness was great. It it looked like it was an apple that you would get in, I don't know, October, November in Michigan. And I started Mm -hmm. to think, what the heck's going on here? We don't have a harvest in the spring for apples. Where are they coming from? So I started to do some research, like where is Costco getting these perfect apples and how in the world are they maintaining them through for months, I would assume. I couldn't find the answer. I I looked everywhere. And when I mean I looked everywhere, I went on Reddit boards. I tried to find the Costco website where, you know, maybe they'd say they came from, I don't know, Argentina or Chile or something. Couldn't find Mm -hmm. a thing. But what I did find was a nice article about Honeycrisp apples and where they came from. And it just shocked me. I I can't, I still can't get over this, how they've come about. So let me tell you, here's the story really quick. The Honeycrisp apple, if you ever go in a grocery store, they're like four times more expensive than any apple, right? They're ridiculously expensive. Yes. Right. And, And so what I found was an article from Michigan State and I can send this out to students if they're interested in it, but it it essentially said that the University of Minnesota years ago, and I don't remember how long ago, probably 15 years ago, maybe, they created the Honeycrisp apple in a lab. So they somehow genetically mixed a couple of different apples, and I, it's in the article, but they mixed a couple of different apples and found this really good Honeycrisp that we love. However, it grows with without a sturdy frame, like the tree itself has to be propped up. So when you yeah. plant it, you plant it, it's got to be maintained with like a truss system. So it holds, it holds the fruit once it grows. It has to be sprayed with a special kind of spray. So I do have the article up in front of me. Um, it does talk about them needing a trellis support system that the actual tree that grows honeycrisps are, are pretty floppy and they're pretty weak. And so in order to hold up the fruit, they do have a system that they put in place because of their thin skin. This is my issue with honeycrisps. They bruise so easily, like just sitting them on my cold counter, Right. the apples bruise one of their downfalls is that they can be uh, damaged pretty easily. Totally agree. And that's, so I'm going to talk about why they're so expensive. First up, you got to buy this system to hold up the tree. That's number one. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that they have a small yield, meaning that when they, when they flower and and the fruit grows, it doesn't deliver the same as say like a red delicious tree. Like there's just a small amount of apples you get from one tree. However, they, uh, will come through like three times, I think, during the harvest. Yeah. So three times they'll you can pick them. They have to be sprayed with a special calcium spraying thing to prevent bitter pit, which is some disease that that they're uh, susceptible to. And the workers that pick them have to cut the the top as short as it can get, so they don't bruise each other when they're in you know transit. So all of that put together. Oh, the other thing is that every time you buy a Honeycrisp tree, you got to pay a royalty to the University of Minnesota, a dollar. Yeah. 
they made the tree. They patented it. That makes sense. It's crazy. So you're paying a dollar for a patent or a royalty, and then you've got all these other, you know, expenses on top of it to to maintain. So I could not believe when I read this. And it sounds like some of the farmers and one of these guys graduated from Michigan State, and he's going to take over this farm, this apple tree business from his father. He does not sound happy about you know having this all these extra expenses and having to you know, do all this extra maintenance for this, you know, one brand of Apple. Yeah. It talks about how, you know, even your hourly workers, because they have to pick them so slowly that it takes them a longer time. So you're, you know, you're paying them for a lot more time than you would to have them pick or harvest a different type of Apple. So that's interesting. I have looked into them previously only because, so my next favorite Apple would be the pink lady i like pink ladies yeah that's always my fallback yep yep and they're very similar to a honey crisp but they're smaller and i was looking to figure out and i can't remember the answer to this this is really a pointless story but i was trying to figure out if they had a common ancestor Mm -hmm. in their apples like because i know apples are crossbred yep and so i was looking to see if they had a common ancestor i i can't remember i don't think they do but they seem pretty similar I know. The Honeycrisp makes me nervous sometimes because I know, remember we were sitting down for lunch one day and we looked at these apples and they were about as big as a pumpkin? Like, they're yes, too they're huge. huge. Like, what is going on here? They're too big. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I still love the Honeycrisp. I don't know how Costco is maintaining them and making them perfect. That's what I still need to figure out. But Well, they must be then, I would think, getting these apples from multiple different regions. Wouldn't you think South America, you know, because when it's winter here, it's, you know, obviously summer there. So do you think they figured out a way to grow them down there in South America, maybe? I don't really know. That's a good question. That's what I was looking for, but couldn't find. So Hmm. anyway, kind of interesting stuff. Yeah, that is interesting. Speaking of school, you know, you mentioned having lunch together. So I, when we went on our hiatus Mm -hmm. and even after they said to us, hey, you're not doing any more face-to-face instruction. Did you happen to alter your calendar, like your Google calendar at all? Did you like take stuff off of it that was on there or nope. what, what did you do with that? I, I kept it there to see what I would be doing at different times. I also left my calendar the same. Mm-hmm. And now I keep getting these useless calendar reminders on my phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll just be like having breakfast and buzz, buzz. My phone goes off. Oh, you've got lunch duty this week. And I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah. This is my lunch duty week, but here I am at home. Or, you know, my phone goes off and, oh, you've got a staff meeting today. No, I don't. <laughs> right. You know, yep. um, I just, it's been kind of funny to get these little reminders of all these things, you know, RTI scheduled days and ICT meetings and all these things that we were so routine and such a part of our everyday life that I keep getting these reminders for and uh, they're not happening. It's just kind of funny. You'd think I would just take the stuff off the calendar. Yeah, the last week especially has been things popping up all over. So let's see, Thursday was Student Citizen of the Month. Friday was supposed to be all A's ceremony because we're winding the school year down at this point if we were there. So we'd have right. the students in the cafetorium with all A's last Friday. Uh, what else popped up? 
uh, career quest career quest is coming up on wednesday yeah 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 there's all (laughs) kinds of stuff that would be happening they are useless (laughs) i can't let go of them i just keep going oh okay yeah i that's silly i should take this stuff off but i'm just letting them roll yeah just all these little useless calendar reminders oh well yeah every day is just the same yeah isn't it it is you know what was not the same though that also has to do with school that i loved all of the entries into the photo contest. Yes. And I have a favorite. Do you have a favorite? I had a really hard time. I will say, here's my overall impression. Mm-hmm. There are quite a few pictures that really played on like reflection from water. Yep. And bright colors. And that just, wow. I just love them. The picture that I loved the most was, was Sage Collier's uh, picture over the lake with the reflection on the sunlight and it was just beautiful. That was my favorite one. Gorgeous. I mean, just, and there were quite a few that I looked at. I know Tally had the one of the sheep. Yeah. It looked like she was up in like a, like the loft of the barn and she was taking a picture from above. Yeah. That was just an awesome vantage point. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a really cool one. Um, Didn't Emily have a picture of, of her dog maybe yes it was her little dog oh yeah those three i paid most attention to i didn't really take a ton of time to look at the sixth and seventh graders but those three were great i loved them i did go through all of them and i thought there were some really really cool shots so congratulations to those of you who are finalists and we look forward to finding out who has the difficult job of selecting a winner because i don't think i could do it very cool. Maybe they'll make it into the yearbook. Hey, yearbooks. yearbooks. It's weird to be talking about <laughs> yearbooks. I know. It's uh, when I see the the newsletter come out and I'm like, buy your yearbooks. I'm going, but but the, we didn't finish. Like there was most of our pictures come from the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have to have everyone go on their own virtual field trip in their backyard and send pictures. Mm-hmm. But you can buy your your yearbook now. Is it like twenty bucks? Sure. <laughs> I don't I don't remember. I'm not sure either. I did I put it in my notes to just mention <laughs> it, but I didn't even look at the cost. I think they're twenty dollars. The yearbooks got me thinking. Last night I was talking to a friend during the Michael Jordan documentary. I didn't watch it just so you know ahead of time, but did you watch the ones from two weeks ago? We watched the ones from last weekend. We did not watch the ones from last night. I'm sure we will be watching them this week sometime, but it's making me love Michael Jordan even more. Yeah. Which I was expecting that turn. I was expecting to go, oh, wow, he really is a jerk, you know? And that hasn't yeah. happened. It's it's kind of brought me more to like, wow, this guy really was special in a lot of ways. When you look at somebody who's such a fierce competitor, you don't earn that success without a fighting drive that can, I'm sure, get in the way. You know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like it's the blessing and the curse. Mm-hmm. So I think it's okay to see people be human. Yeah, for sure. He definitely showed that. And it, it just really brought me back to middle school, quite honestly. And a friend of mine called in between the episodes last night at about 10 o'clock. And we started reminiscing about our middle school days, just all the hijinks that we were up to. We, we It started off by talking about the, the Jordan shoes and everything, but then it digressed into all kinds of things related to middle school. And my friend, Luke, had an old yearbook. He took a couple pictures and, and sent them off to me. And before he sent the pictures, we were kind of 
we got to a point where I was explaining what it was like to teach eighth grade and mm-hmm. we know what kind of experience I'm trying to give the students in my classroom and all that. And kind of quite frankly, what we're trying to do on this podcast, he asked, you know, so what is the goal? What are you trying to accomplish with this thing? And I, um, you know, I said to try to, you know, keep the kids engaged and thinking and, uh, you know, stay, stay a part of, you know, school and whatnot. And we started to talk about, do you remember your eighth grade teachers? And mm-hmm. we couldn't, we could remember almost all of their names. We could remember the math teacher. We could remember the English teacher. We remembered PE. Uh, we remembered our social studies teacher. We could not remember who our science teacher was. And we sat Aww. there for almost 10 minutes trying <laughs> to figure out who was our science teacher in eighth grade. And we couldn't remember. And he finally pulled out the yearbook and, and it was Mrs. Decker. And he sent me the picture. And once he sent it and you look, you go, oh, yeah, of course. But it just made me think, do the eighth graders, are they going to remember us at all? Are they going to remember anything that happens in our classroom? Hmm. Well, that doesn't make me feel very good about the future. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the one teacher you didn't remember was your eighth grade science teacher. That's that's uh, that's a little concerning for me. Um, Quite honestly, in 1993, which was when I was in eighth grade, uh, most of the classes were okay. Turn to page 80. Let's read three chapters together. Uh, it was not a stimulating experience, and your classroom is way different than that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, mm-hmm. here's the deal. Here's what I think. I think that there are certain kids that will remember your classroom and they will remember you. And that is because they are either drawn to you personality wise, or you they are in love with your subject matter. You have that bond with them. I think the majority of students probably will not remember me when they are in their 30s and 40s. So I had to really think and look up. I remembered my eighth grade science teacher. I could see his face and I couldn't I couldn't place a name. And I did finally come up with it. And I remembered I knew that he had passed away maybe in the last I was probably within the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I do have teachers that I had in eighth grade that I remember. I don't remember their day-to-day stuff. I don't have any special memories of moments that occurred. It's just too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's very interesting how the memory works. Talking to my friend, it was it was interesting what he remembered versus what I remembered. We mm-hmm. were and we could bounce them off of each other and they would bring back they would kind of light up, you know, your, your neurons in your brain and you go, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But they're, they're just sitting in your brain and they're just dormant until somebody says something. I think, I, you know, there are specific events. Like I remember in sixth grade that we did an egg drop off the roof, right? I remember that. Yeah. So that was like something that struck a chord with me and, and that stuck. But I think the majority of middle school memories or things that you remember are like social stuff. You remember, you know, you know, I can still remember crushes that I had on people or, Mm -hmm. you know, friends that I got in fights with and those kind of things. Those I still remember the day-to-day school stuff, uh, class, meh, that's gone. Yeah, I totally agree. I have one vivid memory of eighth grade and it is in PE class. It wasn't even during a class. It was right before class was about to start. 
And we were just so obsessed with basketball that that's all we did. We just wanted to play basketball. And we were at a height where we were getting taller. I think I, and by the end of eighth grade, I was the same height that I am right now for the most part. I was about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, and one thing we would do is one, one guy would, would uh, get on his hands and knees in front of the hoop. And then another guy would come run and jump off of his back and dunk it. And I remember mm-hmm. before one PE class, I, I ran and I jumped off of somebody's back and I jumped too high and I hit the backboard uh, with like Ooh. half of my body and then flew down to the butt to the ground. And I remember that pain, just I, the wind got knocked out of me. And I just remember sitting there in pain, in pain. And then Mrs. Zelensky, our PE teacher came over and just like got over me and went to, I went to the office and they, you know, they took care of me or whatever, but that's like one of the only things I can recall from eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember all my eighth grade teachers, but I remember like a couple of my sixth grade teachers. I remember a couple of my seventh grade teachers, you know, like, so the whole cast is not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yep. But I have a few players Absolutely. that come to mind. For sure. You know, what we should do is see if we could maybe post to Instagram a little, you know, like our eighth grade school picture. From when we were in eighth grade? Yeah. Yeah. From when we were in eighth grade. That's a good idea. The we, kids would probably really like to see that. We should show them. I, I do show them two pictures at the beginning of the year, like the first day of school. I show them a picture of me in eighth grade. And I tell mm-hmm. them that I remember what it was like to be in eighth grade, uh, which is kind of a fib, obviously, from the story I just told. Um, right. But I do rem- I do recall like what happened socially. You're totally right about that. I, yeah. I know I know what's going on behind the scenes is what I'm saying with the eighth graders. I know what's going on. That's the important there. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I'll try to track one down. I did. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but I did post a little picture of me because we were celebrating Mother's Day yesterday. We were kind of going through pictures of Dan when he was a kid and his family. And um, I remembered my sister had posted a picture a while back that was of of my family. We used to go up north every summer to visit my grandparents and my aunt and uncles up there. And I would see my cousins. Anyway, there's a picture of us all on the steps outside of my grandparents' house. You are adorable. Oh, my God. How old are you there? You got to be like six, maybe? I think I was probably six years old. Yeah. You look like a six-year-old. Wow, you're yep. an adorable little girl. Yeah. I got the side pony. I got the Reebok high tops. That was going to ask about the shoes. What is going on with these shoes? I have no idea. I tried to like look them up. I'm like, I got to find these shoes. When did these exist? Who who made them? I mean, they look like they got to be a Reebok, but they anyway. do. Yeah, they look kind of like moon bootish, like almost like moon boots, but big high top. Yeah. 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 In the shirt you so- got going here, there's like a bug. I don't know. There's some sort of illustration, like cartoon character on the front. (laughs) I'm looking at this photo and I go, oh my gosh, there is not really another soul in this photograph smiling. Nobody in this picture is happy. (laughs) I am the only one. (laughs) Something was going on in the right and something was going on in the left. Um, I was able to pick your mom out right away. I could tell who your mom was for sure. (laughs) Who is the little boy that has this look on his blonde boy who's looking to the yeah. right? He looks like trouble. That is my cousin, Ben. And He's... in between the two of us is my little sister, Autumn. Okay. And they're probably a year apart. So they were probably three and four okay. in that photograph. Yeah. 
And they were a couple of peas in the pod. They they really enjoyed spending time together when they'd see each other. So wow, great picture! You are adorable. You are so happy and bubbly, and I like love- we got a picture going here, and everybody else is like, uh, okay. Let's, let's I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of what I call Isaac Newton hair in that photo. <laughs> yeah, during that time, we all had Isaac Newton hair. Yeah. I remember doing, we would do our hair before school every day. Like we'd put a bunch of hairspray in it. And I remember we'd bend over and like put our hair to the ground. So gravity would take it. And then we'd put the comb through it. And then you'd have the blow dryer going upside down. So you could spike up your hair as big as you could. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. Good time. So we'll have to post a picture of us, our our middle school. We'll, we'll try to post our eighth grade uh, picture for you. Students, you can see what we looked like. I'm, I'm positive. I was wearing a shirt that had lizards on it. I'm going to track it down, see if I can find it. I'll have to text my, my buddy Luke and see if he can track one down for me. Cause he's got the yearbook. So. Yeah. So, uh, the other thing that happened on Instagram is we had our second snack matchup and M&Ms were up against ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. Well, you can probably guess what happened. I can. It was a slaughter. It was 80% it- ice cream, right? It was a slaughter, and I'm going to double-check real quick the actual percentages here. Yeah, 81 ice cream, yep, 19% M&M, so yeah, that was a good one. To be expected. I mean, the one-seed ice cream is definitely moving on. So we should probably go back to the um, savory side. We, we have to do for that. For a new matchup. So we've got um, poppables. The verdict is in, and I have to say... I am totally objective in this, but poppables are a dominant snack. Really? Total, totally dominant. And, and my wife agrees. There's just Over the popcorners, huh? The popcorners, they they have a different texture than the poppables. They don't they don't crunch. They okay. kind of grind. And they're a little more doughy. And they are just, they more of like a cracker versus a puff? Yes, exactly. Okay. They're 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 trying to be a puff, but they just can't quite get there. They can't give you the real satisfying crunch and flavor delivery that the poppables give you. So I gotta say, I'm gonna send it out to Instagram. Um, poppables poppables versus popcorners, and we'll find out next week what the what the students say. But I I gotta say, I I just don't see popcorners having a shot. Well, Helena. I'm sorry, Helena. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I'll send it out to Instagram after we get done with this uh, recording, and then we'll see what the students say. But I think that that one is just, uh, it's a slam dunk with the poppables. We'll update you guys on that next week. Do we have any birthdays in the next week? By the way, students, we're not going to be back on Friday. We're going to be cutting it down to once a week. So we'll be publishing episodes every Tuesday. So we will be back again next Tuesday. Um, so let's talk about this week's birthdays. So we've got a few b- birthdays coming up here tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, the 12th, James Jarvis, the 16th, which is Saturday, Cameron Sutton, Austin Rooks on Tuesday, the 12th. Happy birthday, everyone. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So speaking of celebrations, if you are hanging out and you happen to look outside in the sky today, you will see something special. Yeah, the Blue Angels are coming to Detroit and Ann Arbor. And uh, if you're in that area, you can see them. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> They're also going to Chicago. So they will be flying through lower Michigan and from through West Michigan somewhere. We don't know the exact location, but you could see 
possibly the Blue Angels today. Right. Um, the other thing is the Air National Guard is also doing a flyover, and they are going to areas that have, I believe, vet hospitals. Mm-hmm. So they're coming down through Grand Rapids. I think they're going to be over Grand Rapids around 3 o'clock. Yeah, I've got the times right here. And then heading down to Kalamazoo. So there's a possibility you'll see a flyover for that too, depending on where you're located. So keep an eye on the skies today. So at um, 3.08, they're going to be at the Grand Rapids Home for Vets. At 3.10, they're flying over U of M Hospital in downtown Grand Rapids. And then they go to Battle Creek to a couple of the hospitals and over a food bank at 3.30. So your best window is between 3.10 and 3.30. If you're in the Allegan County region, like step outside and I bet you'll be able to see them in the sky. Very good. So I can't wait. I'm going to keep an eye out and an ear out and see if I can find them because I'm pretty close to Grand Rapids. So I think I'm going to see somebody. Yeah, we'll be we'll be getting out there to check it out for sure. Yeah. This week, the weather is going to turn. I promise you this weekend they're talking about 80s. 80 and 84. Oh, boy. Woo. That is going to be so nice. I wonder if we'll be able to jump in the pool. You will for sure. That big pool is just waiting for the for the Weibel family to do some some crazy sailors dives and cannonballs and belly yeah. flops. Oh yeah, it's gonna be good. You know, we usually jump in on Mother's Day because that's when we typically open it. But it was so cold. Yeah. The water temp was actually much warmer than the air temp. I think the water temp was sixty five degrees. Mm-hmm. And my husband actually contemplated like, eh, I could jump in. It'll be warmer <laughs> than the air. And we're like, no. And he never did. He's all talk, but. But this weekend, I think it's going to happen. It's the inaugural jump. <laughs> well, take some pictures. We'd love to see the boys getting waterlogged. It'll be great. So what are you guys doing this week? Um, you know, it is crunch time for the Scudder house right now. We are just furiously getting the house ready to sell so we can get closer to Hopkins. We um, have so many projects, it's hard to even remember at this point. We have like three pieces of of paper that just has a list after list of what needs to get done. The major projects have been done this uh, afternoon. I put together a bed that had to get put together. Oh gosh. I don't even know. I've got to take a few more trips down to the storage um, locker that we have set up down in Byron center. It's um, it's just furious right now. We've got pictures coming, uh, a a photographer coming in to take pictures of the house by the end of the week. And then it's going up for sale. So I'm guessing, I'm hoping it's going to sell quickly, and then we got to find a place to live. So students, if you know any amazing houses in the Allegan County area, please let me know. Yeah. Maybe you could do, you know, Southern Kent County. I don't know. I'm partial to that myself. We, we've, um, we're, we're kind of hunting everywhere south of M6, to be honest. One of the reasons that we're, we're moving is to just get away from the traffic and the one hour drive home after school. It's just, it's killing yeah. me. It's driving me nuts. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's literally been like eight weeks since I put gas in my car. Well, speaking of driving, we've got some students that are starting to hit the pavement. I saw a video on Instagram a few days ago of Jenna Runkle driving and I don't know where she was driving, but it, it made me a little nervous. Like, wait, Runkle's out on the roads? Oh boy. Our kids are growing up. They are. They're going to be flying the coop any day now and heading off to high school. If you're going through driver's training, everybody be safe out there. 
It'll be a great week to get out and drive around. Have a great week, Mrs. Weibel. Uh, enjoy the weather change and um, keep us posted on how things are going. I will. I will try to pay attention to the weather and get my head back in the game. So everybody have a wonderful week. We will see you guys again next Tuesday. Have a great week. 